0: Hi, all you listeners. This is Liz Mayer from Work and Whim, and today is January 24th, 2021. Today's topic is about feeling at home, at work, and the concept of a work family, which I think we can all say has grown in significance over the past 10 months working through a global pandemic. Yuri Lee has joined us and she's going to share a very, very personal story about a dear friend and coworker who she recently lost and the imprint that that individual left on her. We will also talk about how Yuri and I built an unlikely and unexpected agency client relationship and ultimately how you can apply this to your current work relationships in an effort to build a work family. Ultimately, the thing we want everyone to take away is that we all have the opportunity to create deeper connections in the way that we work and how we show up every day, ultimately with kindness and compassion, is what helps us make little small steps towards changing the world. Happy listening! all you listeners. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, We're going to be covering the topic or the question rather of what it ultimately means to feel at home at work. And when we think about feeling at home at work, we think so much about the importance of our work relationships, also known as the term work family. And so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Yuri, who's going to share a little bit about just such an important, significant relationship in her work family um, and what it means to her and and just the impact it's had. So go ahead, Yuri. Oh, Liz, thank you so
1: much. I don't know why I feel nervous all of a sudden talking about this. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, I I recently lost someone who was so uh, core and central to um, my work family, um, Kathy Vitiello, who you know, we started our work relationship about 10 years ago and, you know, somewhere along the way, we just kind of became friends. And, you know, before I knew it, she had sort of become one of my best friends. And yeah, um, I think just this past week, it was like one of the the hardest of my life. And for all my other hard moments, she had always just been there for me um, when I had complications with um, my pregnancy with Zoe or, you know, when I was going through depression, you know, after I had Zoe, she was just always by my side. Um, I just always had the most incredible uplifting and inspirational things to say. And I feel so, there's such a hole in my heart, um, with the loss of her. And, it, you know, to me, it feels a little funny because, I feel like, oh, well, she's my colleague, but she's so much more than that. And so I just Mm -hmm. want to thank you, Liz, for letting us, you know, talk about work family um, in honor of Kathy. Sorry, there's my alarm clock again. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I think this topic is so relevant right now because the situation that we're all in is ironic. You know, first of all, we just have this collision of, you know, work life and home life in, in such a strange way. And it really not only puts pressure and tests our relationship with, you know, ourselves in terms of what are we comfortable sharing and and how are we comfortable being vulnerable, but, but then also, you know, with our coworkers and how they're dealing with that and ultimately, you know with, with our own families that, that are actually at home, um, the reason, you know why Yuri and, and for all you listeners, we wanted to kick off with talking about Kathy, uh, Yuri's dear friend and, and coworker who has passed, is that Kathy was the epitome of somebody who cared so much about the work, but most importantly, all the people doing the work.
1: And in this situation,
0: oh, go ahead, Yuri. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, (laughs) this guy, Pete, had sent me um, a note saying, you know, when when we were first starting to work together and we'd never met Pete and his team, he said, Kathy and I went up to them and like hugged them as a welcome. And he always sat by Kathy because she had such good energy. Um, You know, I got so many texts and messages you know, after Kathy had passed about how she went out of her way to make people feel so welcome and cared for. And she just, I don't know, there was something just so magical about her. She genuinely cared about people, you know? Um, Yeah. She was just such a loving spirit. And it was infectious. It was contagious.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and that's exactly, you know, what people need to hear right now is that even though 2020 for the majority, right? And 2021 has been an intense shit show. The thing I think we can all be thankful for today is understanding the importance of meaningful relationships and what it does for us, not only obviously on the personal side and how it makes us feel, but also what it does for us professionally you know, we talk a lot about changes that you're driving at work and how important it is to build trust. And all of us want to kick ass at our jobs. But at the end of the day, what is ultimately required to do that is, is connectivity. And this current pandemic, in so many ways, has compromised the level of connection that we all have, right? Because we're physically distant from one another. It's hard to read the room, which we talked about last week but in other ways, it's a real opportunity to become closer, you know, to the people you work with.
1: Absolutely. I feel like, you know, fine. We're, you know, physically distant from one another, but I feel like you and I, and you know, our, the teams, we've gotten so much emotionally closer over Mm -hmm. this time. And it, it wasn't just the the pandemic itself it was just like everything that happened during it like people going through really really tough times whether it was you know caring or worrying about you know their health or their family members you know there was a lot of loss and pain last year you know we dealt with a lot politically um and racially you know um with some struggles in this country that came to light and I felt like it really opened the door for some conversations that we might have not had in the past, you know, in an office setting. So, you know, I, I know we we yeah. all sort of felt trapped at home, but I felt like it opened so many doors for um, so many necessary conversations with the people we spend the most time with, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Right. The thing is too, that's striking me. And you know, for those of you who don't know, Yuri and I are in the field of, of marketing and, and advertising specifically, but there's never been a time where politics aren't more prevalent. So many businesses and so many brands in so many office settings, quite frankly, tend to shy away from politics and we become apolitical. But now more than ever, The outside circumstances, what's happening with the economy, what's happening politically, what's happening with the inaugurations, what happened with Facebook and Twitter, you know, and Instagram and and all of those things are impacting at least our environment more so that we have to take time to address harder conversations. The biggest thing that I've learned over the last couple months is even just the topic in relation to Black Lives Matter and embracing diversity, and ensuring that voices are heard within our teams. And as important as that is, just in life in general, that type of focus within our work settings and checking your gut and your judgment at the door ultimately helps us drive to better thinking and, and better work. And it all stems from how we connect with one another, and there are so many shitty things that... That 2020 has brought, and we talked about that in our Good Riddance Day episode, and and what we were walking away from. But at the same time, the fact that we have to embrace having those difficult conversations, and we can't just shelve it in a box, and we can't just create, okay, this is office Liz, and this is home Liz, and this is voter Liz, and this is societal concerns Liz. It's all of that is rolling together, and we're addressing work as a part of our whole selves, which quite frankly is, is, is what we're bringing to work, whether we like it or not. I just think it's so much more visible yeah. and it's making us more vulnerable in in many ways. Yeah. I mean,
1: worlds collided this year, you know, and it became impossible not to talk about certain things, which was a good thing for us. Um, But, you know, if we were, impacted and affected by it, I, I think we were also able to be there for each other, you know, it wasn't, just, mm-hmm. um, you know, conversation at a professional level, it became one at a personal level, you know, because right. you know, in, in regards to, um, you know, the racial issues that are just so deep, you know, I, I think, um, it, it's, it starts with ourselves. It's a very personal reflective conversation, right. And, and realization. And I think, um, yeah, I, I felt so, uh, so grateful that, you know, whether it was that or something else, like Liz, I just felt like I could talk to you about anything. Um, I think what's fascinating though, and I kind of want to share is our journey. Cause it's not like we were just like hitting it off from day one and we were like mm-hmm. besties, I mean, we were perfect strangers about two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And today you're one of my closest friends, no joke. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Liz, let's take a trip down memory lane, shall we?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's, and it's not just obviously for Yuri's and mine own joy to have a recap session on our relationship. The reason why we want to share this is because we get asked a lot, wow you two are just on the same page you're very honest with each other you have the tough conversations how did you get there and while you know there's there are some elements that you could rip and reply and rinse and repeat and and yuri and i did get closer obviously over the pandemic i think it's worth learning you know just how we were able to build this relationship because whether it's with a new boss whether it's a, with a team you're, you're driving, a lot of individuals have actually made job changes during this pandemic and are thinking, how in the hell do I build this established relationship when I'm not in the same room with people? You know, Yuri sharing the story of, of the Liz and Yuri story, <laughs> there are lessons to be learned that I think we can all apply, especially given we're working in a global pandemic. So Yuri, I'll let you go ahead and, and share the story?
1: Well, I remember as if it were yesterday, the first time I had to talk to you, it was kind of like a a chemistry call, right? To see if I, I was the right person to work on your business. And I was so nervous. I did a lot of online stalking. I looked you up on LinkedIn and kind of Googled your name and I was immediately intimidated Um, I saw your picture and I was like, you know, I had all these thoughts of who you were going to be. And I was so nervous. I'll never forget. I was in a hotel room preparing for this call and yeah, I was really nervous and I kind of had it in my head. I was like, well, I'm going to try to get to know her on a personal level first. And then Liz, what was your take?
0: So we had done a major agency transition and, and, and pitch and, Yuri wasn't in the room at the time. So I didn't get to see her face or meet her or, or get a feel out for her as I did the rest of the team. And so when we knew that we were moving our business, there was a call set up. And in my mind, I was mostly focused on what's her background? What does she know about us? What what can I know about her? But it was definitely more in a business sense as I, I definitely was not doing any sort of like personal stalking. I was very more focused on, okay, what do I need to do in the next three to six months? And how is this person going to partner with me? And what is her background? It was very clinical. And almost <laughs> in, in my mind, I was preparing, I had questions. All of my questions were more in relation to what I would ask of an interview. and And not a lot of them were personal or, or I guess I was leaning more on just the natural chemistry to bring forth the elements of you personally, which was very interesting in the way that you obviously approached our conversation. Yeah. Go ahead. Cheer well, on. get on the phone. And I was thinking like, Oh, we're going
1: to kind of, you know, just kind of catch up on a personal level and Liz, this is you even today, but you just went straight into business. You started telling me, you know, about the brands we're going to work on and the work to be done and the opportunities. And I was like feverishly taking notes, but I kept wondering, but this is all great and good, but like, who is Liz? And I think I stopped you (laughs) mid-sentence and said, Liz, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but can we just take a step back and you know can you tell me about you and i think that kind of shook you a little bit right
0: i was like oh hey bitch <laughs> trying to get the upper hand i was kind of like uh, are we managing me? <laughs> no and all i was thrown off totally because i mean i just was not prepared for that and for me i consider myself a people person and really good on my feet and really great at relationship yeah. building. And I was pretty much schooled. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and part of me was kind of like, all right, you know, I think I like people. I think I'm good with people, but I've met my match. And then also it was a little bit disarming because the tendency for a lot of us and for me in particular is to say, okay, what is the mission? What is the vision and how, Yuri, does your experience and Liz, my experience mash together so we can get it moving? And I think what Yuri really did, you know, very smartly and strategically, you (laughs) slide, is was like slow down. If we're gonna get anything done, we're gonna need to know each other first. And if we know each other, then we can ultimately work really well together, which was like, you know, point one for Yuri, minus two for Liz. But it was being no. It ended up being actually a really great conversation. And that's when Yuri and I were able to get into talking about our families. We had the similarities and we both had young kids, have young kids. We were talking about the style of our relationship with our spouses and our families and the meaning of family and what we had. We had both been with our companies for a long time, especially in the agency world, but also in CPG, there tends to be a lot more movement. And so we found out just the traits of our values really right out of the gate, which made it so much easier than, quite frankly, after that conversation to have more and more directed, pointed conversations. And what it also did, Yuri, I don't know if you realized this at the time, was I was going into full business mode and Yuri basically said, Hey, I want to backtrack us and I want to take us in this direction. And that quick redirect there is something that we've used ultimately over the last two years of our relationship is we're constantly redirecting each other. We're constantly challenging. How are we approaching one another how are we looking at the conversation? What is our perspective? And are we looking at this the right way? And I think because in a one-on-one gathering, getting to know each other, we really emphasized on seeing the individual versus seeing what's on a paper and seeing the qualifications, we were able ultimately to work together. Because, I mean, you would probably say this too, Yuri, is you can train people on a business, you can train people on a category, you can train people on the cultural elements, but what's really, really important is there is a working relationship founded on, on respect and common values and that the work ethics yeah. are line. And by answering those questions and asking those questions of each other, Yuri and I quickly determined where we were in line and where we might differ, but then ultimately how we could. Yeah. And I other. would say
1: over time, our relationship. Um, because that was what I was really set out to do, just build a relationship with you, you know, garner some trust um, and and so that we could be truly, you know, one. And, you know, over time, I felt like with each and every conversation, we both took leaps um, to be as vulnerable as we were with one another about our professional struggles, right? We were like basically building something together from the ground up. Um, with new teams and a new way of working. And I think once we started to divulge, um, you know, here's what we're struggling with, and here's what we are, the empathy was there. And it didn't feel like we were, you know, comparing strengths or weaknesses, it just felt like we were sort of understanding each other on a personal level. Um, You know, oftentimes when people ask, what keeps you up at night. You know, people come back with some answer that that shows how devoted or passionate or how much they care about something. But we were really able to share truly what kept us up at night, whether it was like a team dynamic or, you know, some hurdles that we faced. And I think just sort of expressing that that level of, of fear or insecurities helped us kind of be there for each other on a whole nother level. Um, And then develop like a a real genuine trust that um, made it not your typical like us versus them. You know, I didn't I stopped treating you like a client and just treated you like a friend. And what I find so amazing is that we never have conflicts. We have disagreements but they never become conflicts because we always find ways to kind of work through it and, and talk it through. And we have some of the most efficient conversations I've ever had um, to be able to leave room for you know some of the personal conversations, which then in turn have such an impact on our um, professional output. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think what's important is, How that relates to the current situation is, right, a year ago, the idea of of my youngest daughter sitting on my lap during a strategy review would be bonkers. Or, like, the thought of my husband, like, walking in behind me in the middle of a conference call and, like, not really realizing I was on video and, like, shoving his hand in my face to, like, show me something would be, like, so mortifying, but I think right now, really, the goal is not just to work at home, but to feel at home at work. And that means that we need to make ourselves more vulnerable and in a way, you know, embrace the fact that we need to integrate our work life instead of worrying about balancing it because it's all happening in one place. Or the other
1: extreme Liz is, you know, some people feel like they have to completely shield, um, you know, everything going on in their personal life and any personal struggles, you know, away from what's going on in the workplace. Like it's not professional to bring it forth. And I'm sure there are, there are necessary barriers where they need to be. But I think for us, it kind of, um, uh, took our relationship to a whole nother level. made made us work professionally so much better together, and I think had a pretty big impact on the the broader team. Yeah. You know, I think once we yeah. started to show them um, that we were one, and it wasn't one side versus another, I I kind of felt like that sort of became the culture of the team, which was really magical.
0: Yeah, I think there are a couple of things that we can take from our relationship for those that are maybe struggling with feeling comfortable with that lack of transition between work self and personal self, or even for those who are working with a new team or just feeling that something is amiss within their current work relationships. I think the first one, and Yuri, you've touched on this, is is trust and that quote that says, people don't care what you know, they, they want to know that you care. And by Yuri's example, in the story of, of saying, yeah, 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 great. I just want to stop for a minute. And I want to talk about you. And I want to know more about you. That really was eye opening to me because I'm like, wow, this individual actually cares about me and the person behind my resume, my qualifications, my experience. And I think right now, You said this a bit, Yuri, it's not enough to have passion about your company, your work, your job. I think right now people are really needing to feel cared for and seen. And if the individuals, whether you work with them, you work for them, or you're developing them, knowing that they have uh, an ally, knowing that you have their backs, knowing that there's always a door open goes a long way through times of great uncertainty. And so I think the number one thing that Yuri and I would recommend in terms of how to build kick-ass relationships and how to ultimately feel at home, at work, is building trust as much as you can. And I think the second thing that, Yuri, you highlighted a bit that's really important is commitment. And the one thing that I could tell in a lot of the engagements over time with Yuri is that we were committed, not necessarily about how we looked, but how the work was going. And so one of my favorite quotes by Ray Dalio is, don't worry about looking good, worry about achieving your goals, which is like so simple. But what we were able to do is we were able to focus on how the work was getting done. And we were able to help focus our teams in all situations, even through turbulence, which if there's one thing that we've all had over the past year, it's been a shit ton of turbulence. And so I think where we were able to embrace an environment where you, know, you don't have to be perfect every day, we can have the tough conversations, we can make mistakes and learn, and ultimately waiting, not just the accomplishments, but also celebrating where we made learnings or where we made a mistake and then made something better, ultimately, I think brought our teams together to feel liberated to do the same. You know, I think messiness is guaranteed, but the fact that we were in it together and we knew that we all were aligned really created confidence, but then also a focus for, for the team that it's okay for me to show up. Because I'm focused on learning and achieving yeah. what I need and to. and I'm sorry I went
1: quiet um, on the last uh, tip. I, <laughs> my son was getting in trouble with my husband, and I was so focused on that. So speaking of messiness, um, but Liz, I'll never forget on that very first call I had with you, and this has sort of resonated and just stuck with me all this time, was you were committed to um, the people on your team, and you, you said something um, which just has always stuck with me, which was, you know, I care about the how as much as the what, you know, it's not just about what we accomplish as a company, but how we do it and how people feel about it. And there was a lot of change happening around that time. And you said, I want people to feel like they are a part of the change, not that change is happening to them. And that really right. opened my eyes to, you know, how I needed to kind of, you know, talk to people on our side too. It was, we were going through sort of parallel universes at that time. And so, um, yeah, you taught me a lot about how how to make people feel in, in, you know, in times of uncertainty, in times of, you know, massive change. And I think that opened the door to us being able to divulge to one another how we were um, acclimating to all the change. And I think the more we opened up to one another, the more we realized, oh my God, we're going through the same exact things. Um, So that was very uh, opening for me.
0: Yeah, I think one of the tough things that we had to learn together, quite frankly, just because Yuri and I do have similar uh, personalities and that we are achievers to an extent in relation to wanting to get work done really well, is that we both at different times in different situations needed to ensure that people felt empowered. And so I think people right now need to feel if there's anything seen and heard and confident and people feel confident when they feel like ultimately they're, they're trusted to step out of their comfort zone potentially, or they can take on a little bit more work without constant guidance and supervision. And I think that that is something that Yuri and I learned over time and in particular right now is that the more that we're able to let go and the more that we're able to enable a light to shine on other individuals in our team, the more ultimately we get back as leaders because the more that we give and the more that we trust and the more that we can let go, the more that we're getting supported and ultimately the team is gaining in confidence and quite frankly... I believe loyalty, so many people don't feel like their boss is able to lead them or develop them. And the big part of being a leader is empowering your team and ensuring that they're able to try, and we had said this before, make mistakes, but then also continue to grow from those mistakes, you know, and, and work on, on delivering that vision. So empowerment's been a big thing that you and I kind of stumbled over in the beginning, but then ultimately molded the teams together to, to, to work as they needed to have more leadership and, and more span of, of, in, of, of, impa- right. of impact
1: because it does nothing if we feel confident but the teams don't you know I think uh, you know all boats need to rise together and and that's kind of what it feels like today like everyone's sort of like risen together um, and we have a very like empowered and confident and um, great work family and a great relationship there. I think the other thing too, is going back to what we're talking about earlier is um, empowerment, but also support. You know, making people feel like if Mm -hmm. they do have something going on in their personal lives, they need to take a sick day, whether that's physical or mental, or something in the news is really triggering to us, or we have something going on in our personal life Mm -hmm. that we're supporting them because that stuff shows up in work you know, whether we like it or not, it affects us for humans. Yep. And I think um, being able to support uh, team members when, you know, they're going through stuff, just as Liz, you did for me, um, you know, when when I was sort of um, grieving um, Kathy's passing, I mean, you, <laughs> you just sat on a phone call and just heard me ugly cry for a very long time and sort of demanded that I take the next day off. And that was um, the best support I could
0: have had. Right. Yeah, I think that's important. And obviously, uh, creating a safe space for individuals to feel what they're feeling and ultimately letting people have the privacy to deal with not just physical ailments when they don't feel good, because that's easy. But there is a lot of emotional buildup I think we're all dealing with right now, whether it's emotions of grieving, emotions of fear. I just read in a study that 73% 73% of Americans think a state of fear is like acceptable and normal right now. And, and that weighs on people after a while. So I think to your point, a mental, a mental health day, emotional health day, those are, if not more important than our, our physical health days. And whether you're a leader of a team or whether you're somebody who's working for a leader of a company, which we, most of us all are you know, taking and making the decision to raise your hand and say, I need this time is the most important thing you can do. Or when you recognize it in someone else, and you know that they need that time to step away. That's one of the most caring things that you can do not only for yourself, but on the people, for the people on your team. Um, The only other thing I wanted to touch on before we round out um, our, our episode today is just the fact that, the team vibe is is so important. And I think when we talk about cultures of organizations and the politics that we deal with day in and day out, whether you're in the office or, or you know dialing in remotely, there are companies that have amazing cultures and shitty team leaders. And there are companies with shitty ass cultures and ultimately amazing team leaders. I wanna encourage everybody to know that they are empowered to make a choice on how they show up every day and ultimately how they enforce just principles of kindness quite frankly and compassion in their organization
1: oh um i think i think one of the things you and i set out to do too was to try to have more fun you know with work you know the those status calls where we have a lot of people on the calls you know it's it's fine if it's just pure work but i think Everyone sort of bringing a part of themselves is what makes the work environment um, so much more personable and so much more fun. There's not a single call that we, we have with you guys where we're not laughing or making fun of somebody and, you know, just, just having a good time. And I think that requires everyone to kind of show up and a little bit of let their free flags fly. So I love that. I love what the the team um, has become. I love what I'm a part of. And um, yeah, I mean just one last shout out to Kathy Vidiello for, for teaching me so much about that, about not making it about myself, but making it always about others and for everything that she's given me, I have so much, so much to pay forward. So Kathy, I miss you. I love you. You're forever Forever, ever, ever in my life. And thank you for teaching me what a work family is all about.
0: Well, thank you for sharing it, Yuri. And for all of our listeners, just remember that a family can be wherever you make it to be. And so let's make sure that we uh, focus on being kind and compassionate to one another this week. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Work and Whim podcast. We produce this content for you, and we would love your feedback. Leave a comment or contact us at contact at workandwim.com and on Insta at Work and Co. Or check out our website at workandwim.com. Remember, we are here for you. We know that you bring your whole self to work and we wanna make sure that that whole self is the best self. Carry on, ladies.